Hello and welcome to the Car Partners Podcast, a series for leaders, managers, and change agents in fast-growing startups and other rapidly changing environments. I'm Gaurav and I'm going to be joined by Vishnu to discuss ideas that help achieve agility without sacrificing robustness, creativity without foregoing consistency, agency without endangering the quality of your outcomes, and speed without losing sight of your purpose. If you want to learn more, you can visit our website, www.carpartners.co. And thank you for listening. So, Gaurav, I've heard you say that traditional management systems are fairly pointless uh, uh, in today's world. Um, is that a fair characterization of what you say? And what do you mean by it? Yeah, so I, I don't know that I would necessarily say it's pointless, but I think they were designed for a age that's very different than what's happening today. So what, what I mean by that is most of the management systems that we use today, when I say management systems, I mean things like um, dashboards, metrics, um, the way we set up hierarchies within an organization, the way we describe roles, um, the way we describe reporting structures, meetings, agendas, all of that, right? And, and all of that was essentially designed... Um, during the industrial age or soon after the industrial age um, and, were, and were geared towards driving consistent performance, right? So they were about reliability, they were about creating consistency in how things were done, um, they were about control, they were about controlling how people behaved within an organization so that you could get repeatable results. If you look at what's happening sort of in today's world where things are moving so much quicker and particularly in the worlds of, of growing startups, um, that doesn't work anymore. Because what you're looking for now is not efficiency and control. If you're a growing startup, you're not looking for efficiency and reliability. What you're looking for is innovation, creativity. Um, you're looking for new ways of doing things that are different from what you've already done. You're looking to constantly challenge the status quo, which is antithetical to what these management systems are designed to do. Because these management systems are designed to perpetuate the status quo. They're designed to return things very quickly to the way that they, that they were functioning, right? So it's to solve problems that get you back to the way you're functioning as opposed to look for new ways of doing things or new opportunities. So I just think these management systems, while they have, um, they have their role in terms of, because you do need to be reliable and efficient, so they have their role in doing that. But unfortunately, um, more often than not, in providing reliability and efficiency, they're also killing creativity and innovation. Okay. So if I understand right, I mean, the basic thesis is that these systems work when the path uh, is clearly defined or there's a clear uh, process or procedure that you need to stick to um, uh, and you want consistency and reliability. Um, but not so much when you're still trying to figure out what needs to be done or uh, explore new avenues. So. Does that mean that these systems still have a role to play once you, if you're a tech company, figure out product market fit, um, once you have a, uh, a service that you're trying to hone? Uh, so, for example, it still matters for, let's say, uh, an Uber or Ola who want consistent customer uh, experiences or for, uh, uh, you know, for Oyo. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mention Oyo because they seem to be Struggling actually with reliability. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Absolutely, and you need both, right? And so I think, uh, you know, I worked with somebody who described it as the role of leadership is to um, uh, run the business well and change it always. 
And that's, and that's the point, right? You've got to run the business well. And that's what these management systems are very good at doing. They're good at taking your core business as it exists today and servicing your customers, uh, ensuring you know, product gets shipped out on time, um, ensuring that, that people are paid on time. So, so it does those sorts of things very, very well. What it doesn't do um, is change. What it doesn't do is, is adapt to a new reality. What it doesn't do is it's not flexible. It's not innovative. It can't take you to somewhere new. Uh, it can only help you do what you've already done well. So how do you, how do you then uh, solve for this, right? Is it, uh, uh, is it almost like two parallel universes for, so you almost uh, compartmentalize your operations into steady state versus new initiatives, which I think many companies do when they try to, or big companies when they try to innovate, they have separate units and so on. Uh, do you in, essentially create parallel universes or processes for those? Um, or are you suggesting something else? So actually something else. Um, so as, as Vishnu, you know, I, I'm also an affiliate with, with Carter. And I think for large companies, it's essentially what John's been talking about for a little while, which is this idea of a dual operating system. So you've got your embedded management systems, and those are all about reliable and efficient. Um, and in addition to that, uh, you set up a, a, a network, right? And this network is the same people who are part of the management hierarchy uh, but are operating in a different way. And they're operating in a way that allows you to be more nimble and flexible. I think for, for, for growing companies that are still at the stage where their management systems are not entirely embedded and are not so, so structured, um, the approach is one more of, it's, not, it's not, not having those systems in place, but it's designing those systems in a different way. It's designing those systems with, with principles that are employee-centric, that are, that are more about norms than rules, that are principle-based, that are open and flexible, um, and that, and that, especially information is is democratized in, in setting up those those systems. Okay, uh, so uh, so it's not as though uh, you're advocating for the removal of dashboards, right? I mean, just to be clear. So we're saying that uh, you're saying that we will have uh, metrics, dashboards, meetings. Uh, if it's just a different way of doing things uh, when you're small, nimble, and trying to innovate. So can we uh, look at an example, right? So uh, uh, one of the big events in many companies is planning for the next year uh, and setting targets and so on. So given, um, so how would it work in this sort of enlightened management process? Uh, yeah, so, so, so I think, yeah, it's a good example, right? So if we take, if we take um, Planning processes. Generally, the way that they'll start um, is you, you start with what you did last year, and then you look at um, incrementally what, what can we do differently. And there's generally a planning committee that's in charge of driving this, and the planning committee might reach out to different, different departments, business units, functions, and say, hey, what do you think you could, you could do next year? Pull all of that together, and you come up with, with sort of your plan, and, and maybe in a, in a, in a well-run organization, leadership pushes back and stretches things a little bit, right? But in, but in this sort of new way of doing things, you wouldn't start with last year. Instead, what you might do is you might say something like, look, let's get a, let's get a diverse group of people together. And let's, and let's ask questions like, what would we be really excited about at the end of next year? Right? What are the things we would be really excited about having achieved at the end of next year? And you start from a more, more expansive view. Right? The idea is get everything on the table. Um, 
and, and, and then start to find ways to experiment and test and, and, and take things off the table, but start with a much broader view. And because you've got a diverse group of people, what tends to happen is um, somebody might throw out an idea that the person who's in charge of that area then says, hey, but that's, we've never done that before. Nobody's ever done that, right? But then the questions start coming, right? The questions are, okay, but why not? What would it take to, to do that? What would happen if we, if we could achieve that? And so, and so you're starting from a very different place. Um, so it sounds like... Uh so the, the new management system or the enlightened management system is one that is designed to get the, so when we talk about information, for example, get the right information regardless of the source, for example. And, and just uh, taking this example, as I heard you talk about it, it, it seems like it also requires uh, certain preconditions, right? So for example, uh, it requires them that employees feel empowered to voice their opinions freely um, and that they know that they won't be shut down, etc. Um, and, and similarly, it also requires that everyone knows, for example, the overall mission uh, uh, and the destination that everyone's working towards. So, um, is that fair? I mean, yeah. what, what, what else, uh, what other sort of preconditions are there? Uh, maybe culturally yeah. uh, for this new management system to work. Right, right. You know, I, I I don't know that I would think of them as preconditions because that suggests that that these things have to have been done before. You, as opposed to, I think what it is is it, it, they're they're interlocking pieces that strengthen each other. Right. right. So so yes, this this the sort of process cannot function if there isn't a, a certain level of empowerment where people can speak up, where people can have open dialogue. Um, it doesn't work if if leadership is focused on proving that what they know currently is correct, as opposed to focused on on learning, I mean, I think this idea of um, of, of, of valuing learning and experimentation and testing has to come along with it. So I do think they are they are cultural tenets that 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 are critical in making this in making this work. I don't know that I would characterize them as preconditions. I think it's I think it's all sort of all all connected. So again, uh, just to be clear on this, right, and make sure that we're not talking about, let's say, uh, disbanding all routine meetings because that's from the old world. Yeah. Uh, we're just saying meetings uh, can, if if you have an employee-centric uh, management system that's geared towards getting the best ideas and the best information uh, and looking for ways to innovate, then perhaps the way you conduct routine meetings um, will differ from kind of the old world way of conducting meetings. So maybe it's uh, it's bringing in uh, the right voices in the room. Yeah, I mean, it one. could be something as simple as instead of, you know, the boss setting the agenda of the meeting, um, the agenda is set in a way that, that, that involves people saying, hey, look, the topic I think we need to discuss this week is X. Right. right, and 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 somebody might compile that into something meaningful, so you don't end up with thirty things in one week. Um, right. But it could be something as simple as that, right? right. And, and and there's many different aspects to it. And so again, what what I think becomes important is focusing on, as you mentioned, the culture around this right. and the leadership behaviors around this, and then that drives uh, a lot of how the systems evolve. Right. So, Gaurav, um, just to wrap things up. Um, how, how, how does one recognize uh, that their management systems might need to change uh, and that perhaps they're stuck in the old world, so to speak, um, 
rather than uh, being in this new yeah. uh, invited way of doing things. Right? Yeah. What What are some of the symptoms sure. that you would see? Sure. I mean, I think the the, the eventual system symptoms show up in the outputs, right? So um, you would start to see very little innovation. You would start to see things being done pretty much the way that they've always been done. People aren't doing things in radically new ways. Your your products maybe not innovating. Um, your your um, starting to focus much more on uh, monetizing more and more from your existing customers and you're probably not looking at new customer segments. So you start to see that, that slowing of, of innovation. I think on the, on the shorter time frame, you see it in behaviors, right? You see it in things like um, how often do people challenge in meetings? How often do you have disagreements about things? Um, you, start to, you start to see it if you were to ask somebody why do you do things a certain way? Uh, and you hear answers like, well, that's how we've done it before. Um, or I was told to do it that way. As opposed to a real understanding of the mission of the company, how it connects to what they're doing. Um, you know, so, so in goal setting, you would see it. Uh, as people set their goals, rather than being able to clearly articulate why what they're looking to achieve over the next year connects to what the company is looking to achieve, it's more of a, you know, a, a, almost a... a a job description as, as a goal, uh, as goal setting, right? So, so I think there's lots of different ways you start to see it, um, but looking at it, looking for it in the behavior of the employees and the engagement level from the employees is probably the first place.